Welcome to Pilots with Shmi and Riker. I'm Riker. And I'm Shmi. And we are just a couple of nerds who watch entirely too much TV and didn't want all that training and hard work and focus and practice to go to waste. So we made a podcast about it. Each week we watch and review the pilot episode of shows that made it to series on the merits of the pilot as a standalone episode and give it a pass or fail grade as successful or unsuccessful. A successful pilot is one that immediately leaves you wanting to come back for more. And an unsuccessful pilot, well, if you've ever tried to get a friend to binge one of your favorite shows but need to qualify it first with give it a few episodes before you're hooked, probably a good example of an unsuccessful pilot. We try to keep our scoring objective, so we analyze what makes a successful pilot and boiled it down to four essential criteria. Does it clearly establish the genre? How well does it introduce the main characters? Is the overarching plot clearly defined? And does it end with a hook that makes us want to come back for more? Now, our scoring might be objective, but we are not. After all, we are opinionated nerds bullshitting about our favorite TV shows and the shows that we love to hate. Maybe you agree with us. Maybe you think we're way off base. Turns out that discussion is exactly what we're here for. So please tell us all about it in the comments. This is Pilots. Captain's Log, Stardate 9746.2. We are arriving at today's episode of Pilots! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, And we're reviewing uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, Mm -hmm. which is the brand new or the newest... Uh, at the point we're recording this, Star Trek show. Uh, it's the first cartoon since the 1970s Star Trek animated series featuring the original crew, the if, voices of. If you told me that that was a thing, I forgot it. I did not realize that was a thing. Um, that's exciting. I didn't tell you. Okay, well, yeah. that's exciting. <laughs> I didn't know that existed. Why did we start with this? Because no. we don't really do trivia in this show. Um. <laughs> Should we start? No. <laughs> that requires research. Unless I'm moved to, and right now I'm moved to. Okay, continue. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the yeah, it's the, the new show. It's the first cartoon since the 1970s. I've watched very little, and I'm a huge Trekkie nerd, and... Uh, I think um, I think it's become clear in some 20 years since uh, 1990s Star Trek, the way it's aged. Nerds, Trekkies, seem to have their show, the show that's their show. And I like probably the majority of fans based on just viewership alone. Um, I was a next generation baby. So, so they're different shows, just really quick. For mm-hmm. terminology's sake, different the different like Enterprise or whatever, they're yeah. different they're just called different show. They're not different for like Yeah, I so guess. there's there are there's well, there were five shows for okay. a long time. Uh, and that was Star Trek the original series, also known as Star Trek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Twenty years later you had after they were making movies, they had Star Trek the Next Generation. Okay. Now that that name's logical, right? The next mm-hmm. generation. Yes. Okay, <laughs> Seventy five years later. No, no, I'm, it, because after that it's ship names. Yeah. And then and then at that point 
because they were making their shows kind of at the, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they overlapped quite a bit at that time. It was Next Generation, um, Deep Space Nine, Voyager. Uh, then after quite a long haul of, I mean, over, what was that, 87 to 2000. So I guess 14 years of making uh, Star Trek. They took, they didn't take a pause, but they sort of, retooled mm-hmm. uh, and then they had enterprise and it was just enterprise it wasn't star trek enterprise and then they put star trek back in the title later um and those were each the vessel that they were on so deep space nine was a space station voyager got lost in space like voyager this is the one that all of your boyfriends tell you that you need to watch mm-hmm. because you're a fan of buffy so obviously you're gonna love captain janeway <laughs> so, uh, anyway they recently cbs all access which is the streaming app which i think they're gonna rename that soon and they're gonna make it a bigger paramount thing now that cbs and viacom merged and now they have a big product line basically where rather than being a weak cbs streaming app now they gotta have the big powerful paramount streaming app which i think makes a lot of sense but in order to launch the app they are now making new star trek shows um so they have so many in production right now um there's discovery picard uh strange new worlds and this one so this is the third in the new batch that we've been getting in the last couple of years. And now there's just a ton of variety. You know, I keep up with the nerds on online and, and every, everyone's controversial. Nerds are mean anyway. Fandom is mean. Trekkies are particularly irritating with how bitchy they can be about their feelings. And, uh, and when you disagree with them, it's like, you're a total asshole until they make some new Star Trek that you don't like. And it's like, this is trash. I can't believe they put me through this. So we're really an uppity, persnickety fandom. <laughs> persnickety. I like that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> since there's so much variety right now, if, if I were to read, oh, we're making a new Star Trek show and it's a cartoon, I'd think, wow, what a, what a letdown. What a horribly disappointing thing. But they brought in the, uh, the producers and showrunners of Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. And that this. was evident. Absolutely. Yeah. In what? The animation? Um, just the, the shouting, for, <laughs> first of all. Like the, the delivery, for yeah. sure. The very fast, bomb, 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 constant Yes, tone, that like you have to be right. It's tone. like Gilmore Girls fast, <laughs> like yeah. I was telling you before. Mm-hmm. Like the, we actually ended up, I asked Riker to put on closed captioning for me because I just, I couldn't keep up with it. Like it was just so fast. I was like, I know they've introduced everyone by name and I caught none of them. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I like this because I wrote a line down here and mm-hmm. I don't usually take notes, but this is Star Trek. So I wanted to be on my A game. Right? <laughs> yeah, you could tell you cared about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I showered before, so I made a point to be lively. Um, <laughs> and I thought maybe I should start taking my work more seriously. Oh, absolutely, um, yes. <laughs> we'll see what we're watching next week and see if I feel the same way. <laughs> no, you said, so So we watched it. We started it without the uh, closed captioning, mm-hmm. without subtitles, mm-hmm. and which means the same thing as closed captioning, although I'm not sure why. I don't know what closed captioning means. I I just know it says CC, and so every time I'm like, CC, closed captioning, I've push never, the thing. I've never admitted that before. Yeah. I have no idea what it means. Um, yeah, I don't technically. I mean, I just know that it's the <laughs> caption. I don't know what closed caption means. It's yeah. just there. Closed captioning provided by. But a caption, you know, like a picture. So it makes sense. It's still a subtitle of some sort. I don't know what closed means, though. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Ouch. Back to what you were saying on it, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, when we first watched it, without yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks for listening to what I was saying. <laughs> when we started it, because we, you couldn't understand anything. Yes. And I was annoyed because it was too, and I think maybe I was annoyed because I'm introducing somebody to a show. And, and you felt self conscious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're you hoping. You could tell. 
<laughs> he seemed apologetic on its behalf for sure. No, I wasn't apologetic. I was I was four episodes in now. Mm-hmm. Um, I never apologize. What's wrong with you? I mean, not like no, apologize. No, no, no. no, I know what you're saying because <laughs> I, I'm four episodes in now, and um, and I'm watching the first three minutes of this before the opening credits, thinking, mm-hmm. oh, this is kind of annoying. Yeah, and I forgot that I thought that was kind of annoying the first time too, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering. Do I acclimate to it or does the show get better as it's going along? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure the answer, but um, I, I'm really enjoying it as as the arc is continuing. Uh, but I was noticing at that point that, man, the tone is just always the same. It's like the levels are up. It's just turned up high. And it's just at that shouty, loud, fast tone the entire time. Yeah. And, you said, and, I'm, and I'm noticing you just like, sinking into the couch thinking oh jesus like i can't understand it i can't <laughs> oh I, yeah my body language is pretty obvious yeah huh? <laughs> and you said can we turn the subtitles on and then we restarted it from the very beginning and then you're laughing immediately it was a totally different thing oh yeah it was really interesting actually because it was same exact stuff and and probably you're still watching it more than you're reading it but it mm-hmm. seems to be complimenting it enough that you say once uh once they kind of establish lower decks, what that means in mm-hmm. the show. Uh, and you said, oh, they're the behind the scenes people. They're like my people. <laughs> yeah, and I thought that was weirdly adorable in its way. They're the behind the scenes people like me. And I thought, okay, they really made a Star Trek show to appeal to a different, I mean. A different group, totally. A different crowd, a different demographic completely. And... And I didn't really realize how successful that was until you mentioned, hey, did you know that they're doing a, a new Star Trek show? It's a cartoon, and it's one that I'm actually actually interested in. And I thought, damn, that's cool. Like, what a brilliant bit of branding and and business building that, uh, that they would have done that, and it would have worked so effectively. And not only that, but they turned the concept on its head of, where you know the perspective of the show is from the very sophisticated elite senior staff to no 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 this is the little guys that are that are making the ship function and making it possible for them to go be glorious and be heroes the senior staff and and not only does the concept seem to appeal to you more but it actually speaks directly to you that those oh, yeah. are your people it's relatable. I thought that was really cool yeah cuz i will say with the um the other like Next Generation, which is, you know, the only one I've really extensively watched aside from the original, which, I mean, like, the original is just, you know, you have to love for its own thing. Um, it's classic. It's classic. It's classic Absolutely. TV. It's different. It's very different. And it doesn't, and it looks different than all the other shows. There's mm-hmm. no link. Yeah. So, visually. Next Generation, I just, I didn't get that feel for it. Like, I don't know. I wasn't excited about just the the tone of it, even. Like, that it didn't have the lightheartedness that this does. It, it doesn't have... I mean, obviously, this is very tongue-in-cheek, but it was very it was very unrelatable because all of these people seemed beyond very stoic. Stuffy. Beyond stoic. They didn't have any emotion, really. Even, like, the emotional one was, like, not emotional enough to be relatable to. Like, I mean, there's the... I forget the doctor's name and her son. Um, Dr. Crusher and Wesley Crusher. Yes. <laughs> Wesley. <laughs> Dr. Beverly Crusher. First name's not doctor. 
Um, anyways, yeah. So, like, he was one of the, I mean, aside from Data, the only reason to really watch it. And, you know, it's because he's kind of relatable. He has a personality of any sort, even if he is kind of a dumb kid. <laughs> uh, you know? So, it's like, there aren't enough relatable characters to me in the other ones. And this, it felt very different than that. I mean, um... The, the characters in general just have a draw to them, that a pull to them that the others did not. So let's talk about that, except we're going out of order here. Let's not go out of order. Let's <laughs> you want to do genre first? Yeah, because that's what we're supposed to do. Um, but we made the rules. We can do anything. You're right. But Fuck yeah, the rules. We did, kind of, uh, we did already hit on genre, I think, a bit. I mean, I guess I kind of want to ask, ask a question um, on it. Um, because I'm. it's obviously like an Archer, Rick and Morty thing. Like you nailed it. Uh, when you described it to me and obviously the creators of Rick and Morty, I mean, are creating this. So obviously it's going to feel similar in a way, but it's kind of got that absurd comedy to it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when she slices his leg she, in half, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah. Or when, um, the upper deck uh, guy is like, Oh, I, did I eat some, I eat eight people or something like that. And he's like, <laughs> eh, only did couple. I eat flesh? Yeah. Just that's a little was, bit. Just a little How bit. How much flesh? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. The exact quote was important. <laughs> I because okay for for people who haven't seen the show mm-hmm. seen this episode yes um this is all right let's unwind this a little bit so the plot of this episode is uh they the ship the cerritos mm-hmm. um specializes in second contact now this is a throwback to first contact which is a big deal in star trek when you're making first contact with a new species so the Star Trek shows that we've all seen are about the, the you know, heroes of the Federation, the flagship of the Federation that just goes out flying around, making the introductions, saying, hey, the, the other guys will be back behind us to sign contracts and stuff. Good to meet you. We got to go be heroes at the next place. Um, I never really thought about that before. So I think the concept was really funny, yeah. which is, yeah, but what about what happens next? So here's a ship that focuses on second contact. They will never be recognized in the history books. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, description of the show, like from CBS, I don't think was very accurate in, in the way it, I, it's per- the way I perceive it. They say this is about the least important ship in Starfleet. I don't think it really feels like they're that incompetent. It seems like a you know a relatively sophisticated sh- ship that's just shrimpy compared to everything else that happens in Star Trek. So they go to this planet to make second contact. Um, the uh, the first officer gets bit by a uh, thing down there by okay, a bug. Okay, I missed I missed what he got bit by. Right. I just saw the swollen purple thing on. He, he's not the captain. What is his role? He's an he's upper the, decker. He's the <laughs> which, by the way, sounds really gross. Yeah, that's <laughs> when you poop at the top of the toilet, right? That's not what I thought that was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, I just like the way that I just like the way that uh, that lower deck folk yeah. like you mm-hmm. refer to upper deckers. Yeah, upper deckers. Yeah, <laughs> like with with disdain, like it's a whole thing that you guys have down there in the lower decks. Oh, sure. You know, it's always that way. You guys, you know, the, the salesy people look down on the drones and the drones look at the salesy people like, mm, fuck you. You can get anything done without us. Douchebag, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets bit while they're out there schmoozing uh, and he comes back and he turns into a zombie and then the uh, the crew all turns on each other as they turn into zombies eating each other. Uh, that's really more the B story, yeah. oddly. And the A story Which I liked, is... yeah. Yeah. And the A story is really our... our the characters that really seem to be our main two characters uh brad boimler and beckett 
Mariner. Um, two engines. Two of them, anyway. Because yeah. I think they, we had four really main characters, right? Oh, I guess you've seen more than I have. But we did, but the ones that feel like our main gal, our anyway. main main people. Okay. Yeah. Um, are are well, our very most central characters of our four central characters, uh, go down to the planet, and she's going rogue a little bit, and they got like their private. Yeah, mission, they're not even. Yeah, I was gonna say they don't. They're, they're not even supposed to be on this mission. And the captain, who we don't get a name initially, I was like, why did I not get this captain's name? Oh. That seems important, which mm. it was. Um, <laughs> mm. But you know, it's a reveal later that the captain is. Um, oh gosh, what's her name? Beckett's mom mm-hmm. um anyway so they're going completely off books and brad is supposed to brad boimler is supposed to be monitoring um beckett to make sure she follows rules because she from the beginning is not a rule follower our first introduction to her she's totally falling over drunk and like you said she slices well, on somebody's illegal romulan whiskey exactly on illegal yeah. romulan whiskey which is surprisingly blue not green <laughs> so uh you don't know this but uh romulan ale i don't i don't i don't know where the whiskey thing came from if sure. it's been referred to in star trek in the past romulan ale mm-hmm. is the one that they're always drinking um so romulan whiskey was a little bit of a different thing but it's yeah. always blue okay uh, and it's just one of those fun trekky things that yeah. just always happens uh <laughs> and yeah so she's totally she's kind of a rogue and we find out at the end that her mom's the captain and mom wants nothing to do with her mm-hmm. All in a way that's really kind of cruel actually the degree to which she wants nothing to do with her but she's difficult she's hard to manage and yeah and it's too exposing well, she's, yeah i was gonna say she's a, a captain a position. career woman so i can yeah. see her being very she seems very emotionally detached right. like you would expect like a spy it's a spy family to be you know totally so uh let's talk about uh in the context of our review, sure, is this a successful or unsuccessful pilot? Does it establish the genre or conventions of the show? We talk about this broadly, but mm-hmm. let's get more specific. Sure. Because I want to know how a, a fan, a Trekkie like me, um, compares against uh, someone like you who's familiar with it just because it's a pop culture iconic thing, but really isn't that familiar with yeah. it. Um, how, how would you describe the genre? Um, so it seems just like a kind of an absurd humor, um, where it's just poking fun at what came before it a little bit, but at, like as a nod to it, um, I it would expect that it should be pretty episodic, um, would be my guess that we're not expecting something, um, that has weighty consequences, I guess. So, you know, slicing the guy in the, on his leg doesn't seem to have a huge consequence. Life goes on. She's not fired, whatever. So this can be kind of absurd. It's not realistic. It's. It's just a humorous rendition of Star Trek. Now, when you say slicing his leg open and it's not realistic. I mean, it looks hold real. On. <laughs> no, no, hold on, because you don't know where I'm going to go with this, sure. and that's my point. Um, there's kind of, that's kind of a tongue-in-cheek Trekkie joke, mm-hmm. I think, because she makes a comment later when mm-hmm. he says, my bones, after he gets suckled by the, by the herbivore spider cow. Yeah. <laughs> And she is my bones. And it was very subtle. And I didn't notice this with, and I wouldn't have probably really heard this mm-hmm. without the um, uh, closed captioning being on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good. So it benefited not just me. I felt oh, no, really no, yeah, bad. Yeah. <laughs> she says, uh, Beckett says to Boimler, who's just like the butt of every joke, like she's great at everything she does. Mm-hmm. She's roguish. She's very Kirkish. In yeah. The, like her natural heroism. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. And her uh, physicality. And he's a weenie. Uh, so my bones everything hurts and she says don't worry 
That is not a direct quote. The direct quote is, Doc will wave a light over it. <laughs> Which is, you know, just whatever cheesy prop that they had that Dr. Crutcher hits the button uh, and it makes a little light and she waves it over the, the wound. Uh, and they add a little sound effect that goes, and then the person magically heals. <laughs> right? So yeah. so when he gets sliced with the batleth, which is the Klingon sword, mm-hmm. the curved Klingon sword that she swings at him in the opening, uh, he uh, gets his leg sliced open, blood squirts out. The fu- We don't see that again later, mm-hmm. right? Later he's healed. Yeah. Well, he would be. It's Star Trek. Yeah. Doc waved a light over it, and he was perfectly fine. So what I would take from the... Um, the genre as a nerd uh, and, and to me, the genre is Star Trek. It's a very specific subject. Yeah. I didn't know what else to describe it as. <laughs> no, that's, that's an interesting point because I can look at it and say, okay, so this is Star Trek. It takes place, which we know immediately captain's log, just like every Star Trek show ever. Yeah. That was hilarious very though, familiar. but it was very tongue in cheek captain's log, but it's a fake out. Yeah. Right. So absolutely. here we are. We're in the next generation era. It's a cartoon. It's different. We don't know what to expect yet. Captain's Log goes through, it's like, okay, here's a cartoon version of very familiar stuff. Fake out. It's not really a Captain's Log. He's not the captain. We won't be talking to the captain um, very much. Uh, This show is about them. So what I wrote down in my note here was uh, Captain's Log fake out in the next generation timeline. Mm -hmm. That fake out right there says to me as a nerd, oh yeah, yeah, we're going to throw out what the conventions that you you're usually used to, and we're going to make fun of all the stuff you're used to from the perspective of these peons here. Yeah. I like that. And I thought, and I thought it was laid out very effectively in the first, you know, just in the, in the teaser or in the cold open, as you refer to it, (laughs) you know, it was laid out really effectively, but here was the thing in a Star Trek script back in the day in the nineties, that was titled the teaser. So I will say that that was the teaser. So in the teaser, Boom, right away. I feel like we know the genre. We know the ship we're on. Uh, and we know two of our main characters. Right after that... Oh, now we're into characters. Can we just continue? Let's, yeah, let's, let's just move it. on into characters. Yeah, right after that we meet... Uh, Devana. Devana, who's a... Uh, Green person. Orion, <laughs> which is interesting that she's okay. a nerd because Orions are very sexual and they make people um, like mad with lust oh okay i didn't know that i was just oh she's green do they have green ones in the other it reminded me of shows? doug it was friend skeeter and the, the green one who i'm was familiar with it but i didn't get those i didn't get cartoons like well, i just didn't get cartoons it's funny because it's star trek <laughs> it's star trek so it's like no here's a green person like, right totally normal obviously Absolutely. but it's a cartoon so it's like all right some people are green yeah <laughs> right yeah some no people are blue i think in the uh it, like it's a lot easier to just know that somebody's a different species. Like I just, it wasn't clear to me that she's a totally like, obviously she's green, but I'm like, is she a specific species? Like there's the ones with the bumpy foreheads. They're distinct to me. I'm like, okay, they have a, I never remember what they are. They creep me out a bit. Worf or whatever, whatever he is. Klingons. All right. This was humiliating. We got to move on. (laughs) Is it? Because you know all the trivia. (laughs) It's difficult for me to need to explain what a Klingon is to you. Um, but you will have people like me and my sister who uh, need it explained. <laughs> All right. I'm not representing you right now. I'm representing millions of nerds who are thinking, oh, my God. 
She doesn't know what a Klingon is. We That's can't fine. We came from different sides of nerdery, man. <laughs> you know nothing of the Whedonverse. <laughs> That's because there's nothing worth knowing in the Whedonverse. Just kidding. Those False. are fighting words. That was really strong. I was going to say, I was man. just being contrarian to be difficult for fun. Okay. Uh, so those are our core <laughs> four characters. No, we didn't talk about we Rutherford. We didn't talk about Rutherford. Please, yeah. go ahead. Who, by the way, I totally ship with Devana. I really enjoyed that last scene with them where it was like, oh, yeah, it didn't work out with that girl. She had like no interest in the red indicator. Like we were supposed to. How would you not want to run diagnostics on that? And I was like, oh, my God, that really speaks to me. <laughs> so, yeah, it was good. And the connection was so charming and fun. Mm-hmm. And I thought the girl that he was with. It's funny because it's a cartoon. But yeah. as I'm imagining it, she was a babe. And I was rooting oh, yeah. for it through the whole through their whole date. And yeah. they were like. It was like going really well. It seemed to. Says, yeah. And he says, uh, like, I can't remember the exact line, but I'm more interested in figuring out why uh, why a red alert overrode the uh, the access protocols for this door. And again, Trekkie humor or it's poking fun at Star Trek nonsense. Like, why is it that the doors slide open all the time, except for when the script calls for it not to? <laughs> <laughs> so then we could take a moment for him to observe that and say, wait a second, this is really absurd. It's like, oh, <laughs> okay. That's one way. That's funny. That's a good point. Yeah. Because it's making me realize things in Star Trek that are dumb that I never even paid attention to. <laughs> I see how dumb they were. I like that, though, that it can be so self-aware. Um, and just really yeah so the hot bananas thing they really glossed over what was going on with the hot bananas um oh wait a second we got to talk a little bit more about rutherford because we didn't give him his due oh no no, no, he's been cyborgified oh for sure uh i don't know what they called it i can't remember right now but he had an implant um to enhancement yeah cybernetic implant yeah um which suppresses his emotional responses because vulcan's hilarious yeah so it was not (laughs) always calibrated anyway he was a funny character and what we're hitting on is you have the two command characters and then you have the engineering character and the science character so it's kind of a Mm -hmm. you see your team and how it's assembled yep like that they fill kind of the tropey roles the tropes totally which, you know, we could go into that, but we didn't do research on what they're called. So, <laughs> you know, the science one. I actually the, uh... meant the Star Trek tropes because it's, <laughs> oh, it's still, like we're on the lower decks, but we're still looking at the various departments. Yeah. So we're still going to study what's engineering like from the perspective of the lower deck engineer. What's, oh, cool. What's medical like from the perspective of the lower deck uh, medical person. Oh, that'll be fun. Person. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I, I wanted to go back to talk to Re- about Rutherford, but you were you remember hot what you were bananas. Saying? Hot bananas, good because I knew it was worth it. That was just absurd. Well, it was like between all of the, you know, the main characters of all the real Star Trek shows being heroes all the time. Sometimes the replicator malfunctions, and it just so happened to be we can't get the like the replicators malfunctioning we can't get it to stop spitting out hot bananas <laughs> so it was just dumb but the uh, the concept there was yeah but what happens on a starship when the replicas it's not going to be captain picard or or commander riker who's going to fix the replicator so who's got the replicator thing when it starts producing nothing but hot bananas <laughs> <laughs> yeah so bananas are just funny yeah that was good. <laughs> no, it was funny because, uh, and it was again because things were going too fast. And I think it was before we did closed captioning. Um, he had said Boimler, and I was like, "Is that the problem?" Because it's you know just a really weird 
weird name and so i was yeah. like is that the name of the machine that's malfunctioning like what's a boimler <laughs> it sounds like something Boimler's that would broken. malfunction <laughs> exactly <laughs> we got a bad boimler in here that's what i heard yeah it was like <laughs> bad boimler yeah that sounds like it would really cause yeah, problems boimler sounds gross <laughs> uh, and a bad one sounds especially bad <laughs> um bad boimler making bad bananas <laughs> hot banana does it clearly establish the plot we can expect for the series I would guess that the actual plot in the thing is pretty inconsequential that uh, we keep having Lower Decks being accidental heroes. That would be my guess based on mm. this, you like know, that. that they kind of stumble into solving the problem, much like the, you know, in this one, it was the pink slime from the spider cow mm -hmm. happened to save everyone from the zombie virus that's spreading, you know, zombie-like virus anyway, that's spreading along the ship. Which is totally hardly connected at all. Hardly, yeah. It's like background, which like how zombies become background is like amazing to me. Like they really low key. Th that was the B story. <laughs> yeah. Zombies are our B story. Or like just up, saying. Black stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, the oily stuff was really interesting. I did like that extra element. Like that they didn't just go with, you know, the stereotypical zombies that they actually did put their kind of yeah. twist on it. Because they were nasty looking. They were like very vascular. They got like purpley and then like just started leaking what looked like oil from their mouth. Like It was bad. Yeah. It was that scene where they come off the turbo lift, um, Rutherford and his girlfriend for that episode. Mm -hmm. They come off the turbo lift and they're like four faces turn and look at him. I was like, ah, that's scary. You guys scare the hell out of me. And then phasers are firing. Um, we jumped around a little bit. I didn't get back to what you were saying about Rutherford and uh, Devana. Devana, oh, Orion. just let I ship them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So at the end when he's talking about how could she not, his date from the episode, how could she not have been interested in this protocol? Yeah. And, uh, and she's she like, goes, I know. What? <laughs> like, like you, in your, of course, the setup yeah. is like you aren't interested in her because yeah, she wasn't because interested. In the, and then she's like, oh my God, are you serious? She didn't care about that? Like, that's such a big deal. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, it's a cartoon, mm -hmm. but there's so much chemistry between those characters. Yeah. And it's a really fun, enjoyable moment. And actually on that point, before we totally, before we're too far away from characters. No, let's stay in characters for a bit. This is where the meat of it is, I think. Good. Honestly. Yeah, good. You're right. Um, I, I thought with, I thought by the end of it, it was very clear that we had our four primary characters mm -hmm. and then our supporting characters who are the senior officers for a change. Yeah. Um, and all the senior officers in their typical roles are still there, mm -hmm. but they are in the background. They really are the support that keeps the plot, keeps the uh, our four primary characters have something to play off of. Yeah. And it's ironic and it's fun. But uh, those four characters, I thought, were really well realized. I thought they did really good with... Mm -hmm. Boimler's this nerdy, meek guy who's destined for command, but kind of needs to get off, of, get out of the books and yeah. sort of enjoy it. And, and he worships the upper decks like crazy, yeah. like worships them to the point where it maybe he doesn't appreciate what he's got going on now. Is kind of my what I gathered from it. Totally. Um, well, he's just on such that career track in oh, yeah. sort of the traditional like these are the senior officers before you met him. Mm hmm. This is all he cares about. Yeah. And, and obviously Mariner is going to take him on some adventures and make a man out of him, I would think. Whether, you know, it's a silly cartoon. So I don't think that'll ever be part of the plot arc. But, yeah. you know, if you could think about these as, if you were to think of him as a real character or a real, you know, person, mm -hmm. uh, this would be an, a snapshot at an early part of his life, an early part of his career. And, and I feel like 
uh, Mariner would be a character who... Beckett Mariner, since yeah. we also have a Captain Mariner and oh, an right. Admiral Mariner. Yeah, you right. got to be specific. <laughs> <laughs> Where I feel like uh, that would be something that he looks back at and thinks, oh, yeah, yeah, I was this by-the-books dork, and then mm-hmm. I met this wild friend who who got me in so much trouble and got him out of the books and got him to actually figure out what's this like to go explore another planet. Like, what, what are, what are, what, there are things to care about other than uh, memorizing regulations. Um, so right there, you got this duo that's really compelling and really fun and total odd couple, polar opposites. Yeah. And then you got those other two, Rutherford and Devana, who just bond immediately in in a really nerdy, trekky kind of way. Yeah, it actually reminds it's me really of a, charming. a similar pairing on, uh, you haven't seen it, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they have their two, n- you know, nerds, they just... You, you ship them early on mm-hmm. and then, you know, many, many, many seasons later and it's like, oh, no, they were perfect for each other because they're really excited about each other's nerdery and really mm-hmm. feed into that. And I'm seeing that like same chemistry here that they could they would probably drive each other to come up with solutions or challenge each other to do so because they're both interested in yeah. the answer. Totally. Um, do we need to get into the senior staff at all? It would really probably just be the captain at this point. Yeah, I mean, we can definitely talk about it. Because everybody else is kind of wallpaper. Yeah, everyone else was. Like, there was the remarkable, there's the guy who's obviously a cat of cat species of some sort. And I was like, okay. And then you have the very obvious Captain Macho, like, you know. Commander Studley with his chiseled jaw and his beard and his hair. Yeah, I do like that they very much tried to make everyone look like a stereotyped character. Like, but I couldn't figure out what the cat was. The security guy, the cat was the doctor. Okay, that's what it is. That's right. Uh, the cat was the doctor, and the security guy is a Bajoran, which means nothing to you. Uh, <laughs> you can make it mean something for well, me. <laughs> even the uh, even uh, the Bajoran, yeah, so it's hard to describe. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, lots of d- Deep Space Nine fans right now are going to be real upset about that. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I can't watch all of them. There are a lot to watch, guys. There are a lot to watch. Don't sling shit at me for it. <laughs> uh, I'm starting one. <laughs> Thank, you know what? That's a really good point to the nerds out there that will shop this out in a round two. Um, this is potentially a new fan. We're yeah. potentially seeing the birth of a new fan who so. might not love Star Trek the way that we love Star Trek or, you know, the same the same reasons for it. But maybe you can actually watch the show and appreciate it. And now and then something else comes on that you'll take a weird interest in fascination. And oh, is that what that like? Okay, now I get yeah get the the deep tracks in the uh, in this. So who knows? I'm just saying that uh, I feel like nerds should be grateful. This is just my personal opinion. I think nerds should be grateful for how much effort they're putting into making new Star Trek right now. And yeah. this is just a message directly to the nerds because we are seeing somebody actually take an interest in it. Proof. Super duper never taken an interest in it. Yeah. No, I actually <laughs> would. I. It's approachable enough that I would totally binge this. And I cannot see that being the case with anything else Star Trek. Like, in the nicest way possible, I, I've said it before, episodic is just not my thing. If there's not a reason to watch literally the next episode, I can just watch any of them, I probably won't binge it like that's just the reality of it and this seems like regardless if that's the case the characters are such a draw that it doesn't matter you should maybe i don't know that you'd like it but you should maybe start star trek discovery if you like what if you were to binge this and get through it and say all right i have enough appetite to start another thing i'd be curious to see how a new prospective fan um would watch new star trek 
that picks up at an interesting point in the timeline that probably makes it pretty approachable. Yeah. Uh, compared to the older shows. How many seasons are out? I mean, this is like still just coming out, right? The first. Oh, there are only season. two seasons in that one. Oh, there are two. Yeah. Uh, sorry, for the, the Lower Decks. Are they just... One, no, we're six episodes six in. Six episodes in. Okay. At the time of recording. Okay, okay. Mm. That's true. September 11th, Dates when we're doing this. Um, so, at the time of recording it... So, there are only six episodes out, is what you were telling me. Yeah, I'm um, an episode I'm behind. I'm thinking... If I binge it, then I want to watch another one. Like, I want to start my next Star Trek one after I've seen all of those. That way, maybe I have, like, enough of a Star Trek awareness that you I feel comfortable month. doing that. I get a month. This is interesting, actually. You might appreciate this. Okay. Um, or not. You have your own opinion about it. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I usually do. So, um, when you... There's going to be 10 episodes of this one. Mm-hmm. So, you'll be able to get through 10 episodes pretty quick. Okay. And then October, like, 18th or... Uh, soon uh star trek discovery season mm-hmm. three will come on which is very exciting for a bunch of reasons there's a couple twists that they uh a couple bold choices that they made to get us into season three mm-hmm. so if you're getting to the end of this then you have two seasons of uh discovery to check if you get into it mm-hmm. the first season's a little it's 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 rough yeah um season two i thought was a bold i just said bold was a big step forward in the right direction and season three is really where it's but see here's the thing about star trek historically anyway two seasons first two seasons suck um and then three that you're you're usually getting your act together so uh that's star trek discoveries right on on pace for that but since you're new to it and since the seasons are shorter i i would just be curious to see how you how you get along through that so yeah i'm, I'm hoping it goes that direction let me know I, I will say for Beckett alone, I think I will watch it. The whole, I mean, especially when it was like uh, the her mother and father talking. So Admiral and Great. the captain. It was good stuff. Yeah. When she he was like, well, you can't throw her in the brig. She loves the brig. Loves the <laughs> I was just like, okay, I will watch for her and her alone. <laughs> oh my God, I have to. <laughs> uh, so we were jumping around. Um, but number three was uh, in our in our in our scoring uh, system so whether or not this is a successful pilot mm-hmm. does it clearly establish the plot we can expect for the series you answered this already yes uh and my answer was oh because what did you say the un the what heroes oh the accidental, they would be heroes. accidental heroes okay, i like that a lot uh what i wrote down was that this is a show that will tell star trek stories from mm-hmm. the lower decks perspective okay that's like if you if you had to boil down what's the show about yeah. in one sentence to me that's it and I thought it was really simple that's really clear I like that yeah it's an old school storytelling mm-hmm. you know television cl- classic storytelling uh, where it's episodic where every episode we're going to be going to a new world and doing a new thing and last week maybe doesn't so much matter anymore yeah um, so so it's uh, it's very familiar in that way um, and uh, and it's. Well, I'm going from something succinct and making it less succinct. Um, but it's every episode will just be a different thing in the classic vein mm-hmm. of Star Trek yeah. episodic television. Unlike what they're producing now where it's a lot more serialized. Um, so anyway, that's it. And I thought it was really clearly conveyed. Nice. I did too. There. Okay. So the hook. Was the there hook. a hook that's going to keep you wanting to come back next week? Um, I mean, so I felt like the hook for me at least was partly the like i told you that it's kind of the beckett mariner thing the reveal that her parents are 
you know, the captain and admiral tells me she's going to be able to get away with a lot. Yeah. Which makes me very excited because I like shenanigans and tomfoolery and I'm that's what I want to sign up for. So if that's what I can expect, because, you know, she basically has, you know, a check to do whatever she wants <laughs> mm. and not get in trouble um, that. Yeah, I I would watch it for that. But the other part just felt like, you know, the unlikely the group became the unlikely friends so that you'll kind of see their dynamic and see them fumble through the structure you would expect grow together yeah the structure you would expect for a team in star trek Mm -hmm. like that dynamic at the early early days of it Mm -hmm. too before we ever met our characters this was what this this might be um the crew for some future show Mm -hmm. for example like these might be be the senior staff for later so eventually yeah yeah upper deckers (laughs) yeah 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 and it's like oh but this is like it could have been the you know the star trek academy years story that never really got made it could have been um, this is how this is how the gang came together, um, because they're because they're young, because they're students, really, mm-hmm. and to watch them fumble through the awkward early years of uh, being Starfleet officers, that's a pretty fun. That's pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, there's a a very a very specific bond mm-hmm. that these guys have now, and they came together really quickly. Yeah, and. Uh, and and we came together like we were yeah. supporting him right away absolutely their chemistry was amazing like you said for being animated characters it was crazy what that chemistry was like yeah um and you do obviously it seems we have two duos so i haven't really seen you know the four of them and how they interact together so i am excited about that because they really split off into two teams for the most part i will say by episode five i think i'm on episode five by episode five, I've yet to really see the four come together cohesively okay. in the central plot. And it's starting to disappoint me because it's becoming too much buddy, buddy here and buddy, buddy there. It's mm-hmm. like, well, why don't we start getting mixing all four of them together? Yeah. Why don't we start mixing and matching? Um, and it just feels like five episodes in, we would have seen that by now. Yeah. So I'm a little surprised that there hasn't been more of a single group thing, but it's also a new show. And, and mm-hmm. I feel like maybe you, you write some stories. I mean, I've never worked in a writer's room, but I feel like maybe you write some stories and, uh, and don't really realize because it's so early on in, in the materials new to the writers mm-hmm. that maybe, I mean, maybe it's deliberate and I don't know what the deliberation is there. Um, but it, it feels a little bit like they're putting out new stories, putting out a new concept and, didn't necessarily realize that they're not fully embracing the multiple character dynamics. Yeah. I almost kind of wonder if it's something where they are trying to slow burn that for us, that maybe it'll be specifically a conflict when you get the nerdier two with the more adventurous two, mm. um, you know, like you would with In any the finale, team. watching them pull their, their separate brains together. Yeah. And then, you know, the next season might be those two groups interacting with each other. Like, working together as a team because the more technical people don't work necessarily very well with the go kick ass guys. That would make a lot of sense. Well, we'll that's see. what I'm hoping. That's what I'm yeah, hoping. No, I agree. Doing. I like that. Um, but cool. you know, that's wishful dreaming. So, Oh yeah. I uh, always try to give them, you know, the benefit <laughs> of the doubt that they might be trying. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so the hook for me was the same. I, and sure, I thought okay. very clearly it was the, uh, or it was very clear to me that by the time and the first time I saw it too, I remembered thinking, man, the captain and, uh, Mariner seem to have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I thought, well, that seems kind of arbitrary. Like, mm-hmm. why are they, these two characters just have so an irritating amount of similarities? How did that just get past you? 
And then when she's talking to the Admiral on the view screen, um, and, uh, yeah, gotta go, gotta do Admiral stuff. Um, (laughs) and, and it's made clear that that's the relationship and that sheds light on why Mariner has these other experiences. I don't Mm -hmm. know that they specified in this episode that she had been demoted. No, I don't think so. A lot. Okay. I didn't think so either. She'd been transferred a lot. Um, and we'll learn in a, in a upcoming episode she'd been demoted but things make a lot of sense now that you know oh mm-hmm. you're the kid of the captain the admiral yeah. i'm not sure why why it's all in the family but that is a trekkie thing too that's kind of like it seems pretty absurd in the face of reality that you'd be on a ship with your mom no that seems like a legacy thing that seems absolutely you go into your parents business most often mm, all right well, well until recently and now it's you know you can make yourself whatever you want but yeah no that's fair that's a good way to look at it um i, I guess in a in a military sort of um, setting mm-hmm. it would surprise me to see uh, somebody being in command of their kid but Star okay. Trek is non-military Starfleet's non-military and it's you know you're serving at will it's, it's just your career so so it makes sense in the context of Star Trek when in the next generation they had kids on the ship and it was like it was a big convention center in space yeah um, that was odd yeah right yeah and you really think of the logics the logic of that and it's like no that would doesn't make any sense the logistics That's yeah really irresponsible that your kids are going to be getting in in space battles yeah no kidding <laughs> so <laughs> anyway the hook here when they make that connection and you realize that thread is going to run through the series mm-hmm. and that the reason she was trying to expose Mariner is just because she needs to get her daughter off the ship because she's embarrassing her. Yeah. Um, as the captain. Mm-hmm. It was a very, it was surprising. I yeah. think it legitimately surprised me, uh, even knowing that the characters clearly had too much in common. Like it was, it was right there for me to figure out and I didn't figure it out because I just felt like it was, like you wouldn't have seen that in a Star Trek show ordinarily. Yeah. And it was this really fun uh, dynamic that was going to be central to the broader story arc. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just we're going to have goofy adventures in space all the time. There was a heart part to it yeah. where there's a mom-daughter story among all this other stuff and they got some issues to reconcile. Well, and I, as you were saying it, it made me realize it gives us a direct tie to the Upper, de- upper Decker. I'm mm-hmm. just going to keep calling them the Upper Decker. I think Deckers. that's fun. Let's do that. Um. So it gives them gives a direct tie because you know she's the captain. Right. So I don't know. I every time I say upper deckers, it makes me think of you know when you poop on the top. I've never done it. So I, when I say you, I mean like when somebody, when people in general, when, when persons, one does this, when one does. <laughs> yeah, when you uh, poop in the back of a toilet, like the part that's not actually meant for poop, that's called an upper decker. That's fucked up. That's called an upper decker. I've never heard of that. <laughs> so I keep calling it that and I was like, why does that come so naturally to me? Oh, because I've heard of uh, upper decker is a thing and it's not that. <laughs> you're, you're family, man. <laughs> my family? We've never done this in my family. I actually learned it from a TV show. I oh, watch too much TV is I, what happened. I felt like that was something your dad told you. <laughs> oh, God, no. I don't think like so. Back, back in high school. Back in the day. No. No. Um, so successful, unsuccessful pilot. I think it was successful. Absolutely. I will say, I will give it minus points for being too damn fast. I had to have closed captioning. This would have lost me if I didn't have it. So if I did not have that option, I probably would have felt very overwhelmed and devastated by this episode. Like it just is the fastest talking. That's a real credit. That's a really legit criticism because that's a big problem. If, If your style is such that 
it turns off uh, like the layperson's ears who mm-hmm. who um, who you might be trying to appeal to otherwise. Yeah, who there's already a bunch of little nerdy Easter egg jokes mm-hmm. that you're gonna miss, mm-hmm. right? So there's already a bunch of content that's gonna fly right that's past just not you, for me. and then make it even harder to understand is that's a big problem. Yeah, absolutely. So like. On paper, they otherwise all look good. But if you, if I had gone through this and we had like a rule that I couldn't have closed captioning on and it's like literally just go from what I can gather from it, this would have been a rough episode. I loved it. Like you said, as soon as we had it on, I felt animated about it. I felt a part of the thing. It was great. Animated. About <laughs> it. I don't know. It, it was great. Yeah. yeah. I actually think that. Um, I might look into getting a CBS All Access trial, oh, trial, shit. so I can binge this really quick. Wow! I can't believe that worked. I can't believe you fell for that. <laughs> and and if that goes well, I will probably still not get CBS All Access for Star Trek, but I will at least watch pilot episodes more willingly. <laughs> so not only did I think this was a successful pilot, sure, I think that possibly. <laughs> This isn't saying much. This is one of the most successful pilots in all of Star Trek. <laughs> Probably. Um, I think Enterprise had the best pilot, which is surprising. I feel like we should have a mini ranking game like outside <laughs> just for the purposes of this no, podcast, just for Star Trek. <laughs> inter- fascinating you say that because <laughs> everything Star Trek, it's particularly the Star Trek movies, mm-hmm. I always... Uh, rate them there's two different standards there's mm-hmm. this is a great star trek movie but it's a terrible movie like trekkies connect with it like we get it but it wasn't a great movie yeah and then there's others that are not good movies and not really good star trek movies yeah and then there are some like the motion picture which this will mean nothing to you but uh the motion picture is an excellent movie and a terrible star trek movie but like ahead of its time, great. Like technologically, achievement-wise, awesome. Um, huge sets. Like it was a really big film, but it was like didn't wasn't a good Star Trek movie. I so, thought you uh, were the one telling me that's standard. a pilot, though. Like for some reason, and maybe I'm misremembering because I remember at one point there there was the implication that the movies would make a good pilot for the rest of the shows, like a good introduction to the rest of the Star Trek. No, they came after. Right, but like same with Serenity and Firefly. Most people, I will argue, should not be watching Firefly from the beginning because their pilot episode is terrible. Well, you skip the motion picture. If you're introducing someone to Star Trek, you have to skip the motion picture. You got to work your way back. Oh, no, no. Okay, so I'm not remembering it from you. Then somebody else must have told me this. No, I think what I said was, uh, I read on Facebook, Mm -hmm. on some Star Trek nerd group that I'm in, somebody said, does, uh, like, how do you how can I introduce my boyfriend to Star Trek? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, like they were saying like Voyager is my favorite. And I was like, you can't start your boyfriend on Voyager. Come on. <laughs> and uh, she said, but he doesn't have any interest, but like something piqued his attention. So he was like willing to do it. Oh, who cares what the scenario is? <laughs> so my response was somebody said, well, you got to start off the original series. You're going to start it next year. No, you can't do any of that. You start at the new movies. The J.J. Abrams movies because they're made for stupid people who don't like science fiction. So you start there. 
Are you saying that J.J. Abrams did something good with these, maybe? No, J.J. Abrams is a terrible letdown. Okay. Um, <laughs> but that's where you start. I mean, they're still pretty fired. movies, but he's a yeah. horrible letdown, and he doesn't know how to land a ship. <laughs> um, and he doesn't understand Star Trek. But he understands probably how to make it colorful and... and uh, Flashy. Flashy for a non-Star Trek audience to just be able to get into it for popcorn. Sure. Uh, so if you can do that and say, oh, yeah, I dig this. I kind of enjoy it. Then I say go back to the movies because you don't have a whole series to watch, a whole series of TV shows. You just got a couple movies to watch. Like, hey, let's do a movie th- marathon. Let's just start with The Wrath of Khan. It's the really famous one. Oh, how was that? Oh, you thought it was pretty good? Okay, then let's do Star Trek Three because it's directly re- related to Star Trek Two. Four rounds out the Golden Trilogy. Five, you can maybe watch or skip over depending on how that's going. Then you do six. Uh, and then you could do the Next Generation movies. Then you're set. Mm-hmm. To start introducing them to the shows. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't say they would make a good pilot. I said that's how you introduce people to Star Trek. Well, I'm going to have to have you write that all down. Uh, yeah, write that all down I have a notepad somewhere. and a pen right here, and this is very important to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how long have we been doing this? Uh, 51 minutes. Perfect. We got nine minutes of bullshit. What do you want to talk about? What do you want to do next week? Ooh, actually, first, what have you been watching? More Yellowstone? What is it? I'm way behind on Yellowstone. I don't know why it's been, it's been, um, it's been too serious for me. You don't want to give it your full attention, I think. Uh, I'm, I've noticed you have a hard time, like, even when we sit down to do it, I can tell you have the hardest time putting your phone down. I, I would bet that you're having a hard time giving a show your full attention. Oh, just with everything going I on. I love it enough that it requires my mm-hmm. full attention. Oh yeah. So, so I'm not. Yeah, I'm not in the right headspace for Yellowstone, mm-hmm. but uh, I am in the right headspace for Cobra Kai because it's kind of stupid. What's Cobra Kai? It's the Karate Kid sequel TV series. <laughs> 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 that was fucked up. That was rude. Ralph Macchio's in it. Uh, it just, wait a second. <laughs> so you're a big How I Met Your Mother fan. Yeah. And you know Barney's connection with the Karate Kid. Yes. And he says, you know, when he goes through the movies, the Terminator, mm-hmm. the hero is the Terminator. Uh-huh. Yeah. He and always thinks the ter- villain is Terminator the hero. One. Yeah. He's, the movie is about him. And mm-hmm. He's like cruelly destroyed. Yeah. Um, and uh, then he says, die hard, Hans Gruber, who's... Like he died harder than anybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. That's true. Oh, my God. And yeah. then Barney says, uh, <laughs> they said, I think they're asking him, like, who do you think is the hero in the Karate Kid? He goes, um, I can't remember his name. Johnny. Hey, everybody listening is going to remember. Johnny, whatever his last name is, in the Karate Kid, who's the villain. He's the mean kid at the at the mean karate school mm-hmm. that's bullying Ralph Macchio's character, uh, Daniel-san. And, <laughs> uh, and Barney says, uh, the, where the... The hero is the bad guy, the mean kid, the bully kid, mm-hmm. Johnny, who uh, goes, he gets his uh, dreams of being a champion taken away from him when he's defeated by some lame kid who doesn't even know karate. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I think, I, it's got to be the case that after that resurgence that mm-hmm. Johnny the actor got when he was yeah. in How I Met Your Mother, because then he was in it as mm-hmm. a guest a couple times, there, it's got to be connected that that it raised some nostalgia and they said, let's make a show about it. Cause it's kind of like, that's the show that they made. Really? It's about, yeah. It's about the kid who, mm. who got later, how from his perspective, how Ralph Macchio's character, 
kicked his ass at this tournament, humiliated him. His karate instructor like was horrible to him after that because he was such an embarrassment and it ruined his life basically. Now he's a loser and Ralph Macchio owns a big car dealership and he's That sounds interesting. I think maybe we should watch it next week. It's trending on Netflix right now. Well, if it's trending on Netflix, I'm, that sounds free for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said trending on Netflix. Everybody's talking about it on Facebook because yeah. my understanding is it was a, a YouTube series for mm-hmm. YouTube's original um, streaming platform. I don't know anything what's going on with that. I'm kind of thinking maybe they're not sticking with that. I haven't seen anything good come on it. And they've stopped pestering me for a trial of that specifically. Right. So <laughs> I think they went a different direction with a different like hosting platform, which mm-hmm. was which there's a need for. Um and Netflix seems to have picked this up as a Netflix original. And because nobody had access to it before, but there was clearly interest based on nostalgia, based on the How I Met Your Mother gag that mm-hmm. brought it back to front of mind for a, you know two generations later. Uh, I think that I, we got to do some research on this because it's probably a pretty interesting story how it became a Netflix original. Yeah. Um, but right now, it's you go on Facebook and... and Everybody's talking about Cobra Kai. Like it was like Tiger King, not quite as strong. Like, you will not get me to watch. Everybody that. was Beat talking about Tiger King, and right now I feel like everybody's talking about Cobra Kai. Okay, well I'm sorry I gave it the oh my god weird reaction. Um, it sounded <laughs> absolutely absurd. Like I thought you were kind of fucking with me that they made this thing. I like the your idea of how this came to be, and it mm-hmm. sounds like an interesting thing to try. Well, and you know, I'm a karate kid. So, I've heard that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's other parts of it for me that that make me nostalgic in my sure. own life and make me realize that I got to get back to the gym and got to get back to... Your dojo. To, yeah. Um, so to see that aspect in it too, just being older and reviewing kind of your training mm-hmm. through the stupid show... Um, there's that connection for me too. Is it supposed to be a comedy of any like? Are, are no, you it's actually to... it just feels cheesy. It's like okay. these guys aren't prominent actors, so it doesn't feel like like the Ooh. whole like a mm-hmm. bunch of the budget got spent on paying these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but they seem they just seem like they're good dudes. Actually, they seem yeah. like guys that went on to have interesting lives after being you know famous as young people for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Ralph Macchio has spent his career doing. Yeah. The other guy certainly hasn't acted very much outside of playing <laughs> himself. And <laughs> now I met your mother. Yeah. So it's like it's kind of a it's a novelty act. Yeah. It ended up being something that, despite its limitations in production, mm-hmm. has a story that people are actually really digging. Like yeah. it's really a good story because there's certain moments where it, it gets kind of dark. It gets kind of real. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, oh damn, that like the show feels kind of stupid and kind of cheesy. Yeah. And then that was kind of a big idea that you presented right there that um, made me a little bit uncomfortable. Um, and so the, so the story is maybe better than the show. Mm-hmm. And I think the show seems to be, cause the actors seem to get a little bit more comfortable acting again yeah. as it goes along. Um, and I don't know, it, for whatever reason, it's got this magical X factor that people seem to be connecting with. Hmm. Well, that'll be interesting. Are they long episodes? 20 They're minutes? 40 hours. minutes? I like that. Short episodes. I have to say, long pilots really just 
do not do it for me. Like, I think that was one of the biggest issues with Battlestar Galactica, like the reboot. Ah, uh, because they did it as a two-hour movie before oh they greenlit the show. Oh, my God. I mean, it, it was all interesting. Like, I was interested in knowing what happened, and I obviously pushed through it. But, man, that was just like, I I think it took me, like, three sit-downs to watch it. Like, Plus, it, it's shot like a documentary. It's like, yeah, slow. Yeah, it was really slow. Um, And then what was the other really bad? Oh, Firefly. It was just really long. And so it's like these long pilots. Like, they're great shows. Why don't you just keep this episode the same length you're going to have the rest of your series, set an expectation, and clean it up, Moe's? We need to do Firefly soon. Yeah. Because I've never, uh, because I'm not the biggest... Whedon fan. Whedon fan. Thank you. I couldn't even remember his name. That's fine. Um, <laughs> and I'm not, and I've been holding a grudge since Alien Resurrection, which to be fair is not his fault at all. I've okay. never admitted that to you, that it's clearly not his fault. <laughs> it wasn't his fault at he all. He does great character work. I'd be surprised if something like that was his fault. They just always feel so stupid. Like his shows never seem like they've grown up. They always feel like Buffy, but 10 years later. Um, He does like to, ha- it's his humor. He oh. does like to weave his humor in. So, like, there are definitely times where, like, a joke lands and you're like, yeah, I'm mo- almost positive Whedon wrote that one. <laughs> <laughs> like, he just kind of likes the tongue-in-cheek type thing, for sure. Um, yeah, he has a very specific brand of humor. And and we've talked about this many times in our personal lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they made a mistake with Serenity. They made it for the fans. I thought that was a great example of a time where they should have expanded the fan base. Yeah. Uh, that's it, actually what brought me to the fan base, so I disagree. I think that's insane. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I think you came to it expecting that they were filling you in on something. And to me, I looked at it as an independent story. That they had some sort of history that I didn't know. Like, I don't feel like the series explained this huge thing that made me watch the you know would explain something i didn't understand in the movie no there was nothing that was difficult to understand i just don't think it like they didn't read it was episode uh 13 of season one is over and now we're in season two episode Mm -hmm. one here are the characters I really could have gone. There was for a, a huge time jump between. I mean, like they just no, no, no. It, but it was as though we're just in this season two where they're not re-explaining who everybody is. They're just still together. That's what I'm saying. I disagree, though, because to me, they're the, that was the best introduction of characters without having to sit through a pilot that you get. Like it was fun. It was quick. Like you need to functionally get to know them really quickly because that's just how movies go which is like the one kind of thing I like about them, that if you need to get to know people and get your shit together so you can move on, movies What about Summer Glau? When we meet Summer Glau, mm-hmm. if you didn't know the series, I thought meeting Summer Glau in the movie was like, who the fuck is she? What's her weird She deal? also had a weird deal. Like, you're, she's the mystery. You, that's she's the, that's know, the whole thing, though. I didn't know that everybody else knew she was a mystery. I just didn't understand who she was because I didn't think she was set up well. I think that your issue is that you think that Firefly is going to explain something to you that Serenity didn't, that it would clue you in somehow. And I'm saying Summer Glau was always a mystery. River is that character. She, you're the whole thing is you don't know what the fuck happened to her. No, I and- understand, but but she's, ju- but I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that nobody knew who she was. I didn't know she was a mystery. I just didn't understand who is she, why is she weird. It would have been helpful for me to know. She's a mystery, and there's a big question mark around it. I feel like that was very clear in the. It was 13 years ago when I saw it last. Okay. Time. <laughs> I was I I didn't feel like the characters were set up in a way that that welcomed me to them. I didn't okay. feel like there was an audience surrogate to introduce me to the movie, and since there was no audience surrogate, I felt a little bit abandoned. Hmm. Now, um, because of that, I never had that much of an appetite. 
to go back and watch Firefly yeah. once you watch the movie and and the story felt um, disjointed to me be- for those reasons. Yeah. And then you go back and look at the show mm-hmm. and it's 10 years old at the time that, you know, I'm watching it and it feels like old TV on a yeah on a B network. And um, was it Fox actually? Fox Yo-Yo's. I think so. Network. Okay. Um, that's how it felt. Well, I should even it say Fi-Fi? the B network thing. No, it was a, it was a, I think it was Fox. Okay. Um, it was a broadcast channel though, unless I'm wrong, in which case it would have been something else. Okay. <laughs> but uh, it, you go back and look at that and it's, and then you don't like the pilot for that show either. Or you, for, oh, for I just think it's too long. Okay. Just like, that it's too long. It's way Does too it, long. Do you think it, it's a successful pilot? I don't I want to skip it, ahead. I don't remember. I would say it's a good one to rewatch for that reason. Um, because I know I love the series, but I couldn't speak to the pilot. I just remember it was very long and it started very slow and it makes me very uncomfortable when I try to get someone else to watch it because I remember it's very long and very slow. Like you, you open on a war scene. And so it's like, Oh my Mm -hmm. God, like where are we? Why do I care? What are we doing? I already don't like war movies, war shows. Like I'm just, I'm not here to watch action. I want to know exciting things are happening by hearing about them more than just seeing shit blow up. And I want to know the characters are worth watching. Mm -hmm. And you know, in the beginning of that, you don't see either of those things. Well, you see the setup. See, then I'm back to, I don't think, serenity mm-hmm. as a because i didn't know what it was yeah like i knew there was i, I had read enough to know it was based on a show mm-hmm. that's as much as i knew yeah and that it was canceled prematurely and that there was a um i think you're right fox me, what do we call it it's a um cult it's a cult show a cult, following, cult following yeah so that i all understood um it felt culty mm-hmm. <laughs> the movie felt culty and then you go back and watch the show and it's like okay well here's a cheap version of the movie that already let me down. Yeah. So I, I try, I made one attempt at it. Couldn't get excited about it. I think the ship looks like a Turkey. Is that a part of the show that it looks like a Turkey or I just think it looks like a Turkey. Uh, I mean, it looks like a firefly. Uh, I think it looks like a Turkey. Um, <laughs> That's fair. It does. It kind of does. One, and being a Trekkie when you're coming from the elegant, beautiful Starfleet mm-hmm. ships and, Oh, here's your Turkey craft. Well, and it's supposed to be kind of a shittier ship like it's yeah, that makes sense. just the faithful one that right. mal happens to like so the point being i've yeah. never given it its due yeah uh and we should do that soon. Oh, man i hope the pilot's worth it that you'll want to at least watch an episode too because the rest of the series is so good i mean you only get one season but it's a damn good season <laughs> it really is <laughs> oh, it makes me so sad and they made the movie and killed everybody's favorite character <sighs> it was so tragic you know, I have to say, so I saw Alan Tudyk, who plays Wash, the one that gets killed off. I uh, saw him um, at the Salt Lake Comic Con, Salt Lake City Comic Con, and he is just such a presence to be around. He is hilarious. Oh, yeah. oh my God. He's he my favorite. Like so um, the, there's a line in Serenity. Um, Wash, who is the pilot, says, I'm a leaf in the wind. Watch me fly. Watch how I fly. Something like that. And... He said that a lot of people got that tattooed on his, on their arms or, you know, yeah. just on their body. And they were so excited and they showed it to him. And he's like, oh, you know, it was really foreshadowing because what is a leaf in the wind? Well, if it's flying in the wind, it's dead. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, he's like, sorry for anyone who has that tattooed on him. And it, it actually made me want to get that tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. Oh, it was so great. He's I, hilarious. I couldn't imagine somebody coming up to me and like, I couldn't imagine being mm-hmm. in his position. Yeah. Where somebody gets tattooed on their body mm-hmm. 
one line that you said in a TV show once, like 15 years ago. And you didn't write it, but and people you are didn't really write it. It means nothing to you, and you might not even remember saying it. You did it like for 57 takes that day, and mm-hmm. once that was done, I was like, "Fuck that shit, let's move on." Yeah. And people are going up to you later. Like you're supposed to even remember that, like what they're talking about. Like you, yeah. Like they've like been was here that on show. As meaningful to you, like you've even seen the show. Yeah. Right. Like the show might come on. And you're like, I can't watch myself turn this off. Oh yeah, I couldn't probably. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll commit to Cobra Kai next week then. Okay. And we'll uh, we'll see where that takes us, but maybe we'll do Cobra Kai and and then talk about do a Firefly again. Sounds good. Um, another one I really want to put on our list for eventually. Um, it reminded me of it when we were talking about House of Cards because the main character, Frank Underwood, talks directly, you know, breaks the fourth wall. He talks directly to us. There's a British show called Fleabag. I think it's available on Amazon Prime. It is the most riveting show. I binged it. Like, it's British TV, so they're like two seasons, six episodes each, and right. they're 20 minutes an episode. So, they're like, five years apart. Yeah, so like I'm dying for them to crank another one out because it's it was the most addictive TV. It was hilarious. It was engaging. Like it was one of those where it's short, so you don't want to text. If you look away for a moment, you miss like the funniest <laughs> shit. And it's so fun. It's oh, it, it had me in stitches the entire time. Stitches. Oh, absolutely. Like I think you'd really enjoy it. So maybe after Cobra Cry. Um, what's it called? Fleabag. Okay, well, I'm taking notes on this page that I will never see again. Excellent. <laughs> I think you do it just to prove that you can write better than me. Although today you're off your game. What is this? Normally, um, I feel very ashamed of my own handwriting by comparison, and today I feel better. Okay, well, that's a dig that I don't feel like I need to <laughs> defend that a myself dig? on. Your handwriting is always so good, and it always <laughs> makes me so self-conscious. I'm like, I was ah. taking notes while I was watching the show. Well, I've only ever seen you write neatly, and so when I have my chicken scratch, I've been trying to hide it. Like, it bothers me when you look at my note cards, because I'm like, quit it. You, you see how shitty I write? I write like a child. Stop I it. I just look at them. I don't read them. It's totally unreadable. Well, I know, but, you know, I read it as, hey, I'm judging your handwriting. It sucks. No, I, I don't care. <laughs> well, you have nice, well, see, scripty I, handwriting, I get, so I, I assumed. <laughs> I get self-conscious a little bit because I feel it used to be neater. And, oh. and sometimes, so I, in <laughs> college, <to> you. <laughs> in college, I, um, yeah, no kidding. Don't put your insecurity <laughs> on me and then judge me for it. <laughs> fucker. So yeah, in college I was serving tables and I would work that night and I would write honey chipotle salmon mm-hmm. and I would know that that was honey chipotle salmon. And, uh, and then I'd go to college and I would take notes all day and be drowning in biology And for anyone classes. who isn't seeing this, if I keep this in, uh, it looks like an asterisk and a scribbly C. Yeah. Okay. Well, C's for Chipotle. Right. I don't know. I get it. it <laughs> I see how that could be an H and the other could be a C. Um, but yeah, no, it, it is chicken scratch. Absolutely. Right. And then it, I would go to school and I would uh-huh. take notes and try to keep caught up with the slides and everything just sort of looked like this. Mm-hmm. That was my long hand. Straight up scribbles. It wasn't that bad. That's how I would. That's how I would review things. Later. Mm-hmm. I would just scribble it out. But you know, I would say like phosphate groups, and I found out why doctors have such shitty handwriting. It's because they were in college for like fifteen years, spent all their time doing this. <gasps> so I never and had horrible carpal tunnel. Oh, poor fellas. So ever since then, 
I've always felt like it's never, I've never returned quite to form. So I've always been a little self-conscious that like, no, I got a better one in me than this. But I write in cursive. So I think people look at that and go, ooh. Well, and you sign, like, (laughs) you sign your name better than I, or sorry, you sign my name better than I sign my name. At one point, like, I was, we, you doodle your name on your paper. That's just the thing you do anytime you have been taking notes. I'm actually surprised I haven't seen any of your, your signature on your page, because that's like, you know, you obviously just do like a collage of it. Yeah. Well, I wrote there 2,500. Oh, in bubble letters. Ooh. Five times. Well, but normally you do that, and I'm like... Damn, you're right. I didn't sign this at all. I know. You were really on point. I was really focused. You were focused. Yeah, so you always... So I always say this. Star Trek makes me a better person. (laughs) You do always say that. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so the handwriting thing... Oh gosh, I always see you doodling your name yeah. and my I know that mine's not as pretty and so I've really practiced like the best I could do, like the nicest one I could do and you were like, hey, okay, well, like fancy, if you're really trying, like how does yours look? And I send it to you and you're like, oh, I would sign it like this. I'm like, shit, <laughs> I need to practice forging my signature so it looks like your rendition of it because it's so much better. Mm. So all that to say, it's not a dig. I just needed to see that you have bad handwriting days as well as bad <laughs> hair days, etc. I wish I remembered what it was but I can't remember what I what I designed for you. Oh, this I'm sure I, I have it. So Messenger saves all of the uh, pictures you guys, you send to each other. So oh, I can just scroll through that. Shoot. I know. Makes it easy to so- cyber stalk yourself. That's true. It's very helpful. Yeah. The search and conversation thing is like my favorite thing ever. You just hashtag your actual chats and you can Brilliant. find anything. I know. Taylor Brilliant. taught me this and I'm like, oh my God, you can hashtag your chats. You know, so now it's like groceries. Hey, this tip, this thing I remembered. Hey, this website. Because you can't search part of the URL. It just won't find it. Yeah. Truth. So I uh, occasionally forget what I'm talking about in mm-hmm. the middle of talking about it. Oh, yeah, I remember. It's embarrassing. So I do it sometimes too. <laughs> I, <laughs> sometimes I'm like an old guy about things where it's like, oh, in my day, that was called a pound sign. And you're not going to take that pound oh, yeah. sign away from me. It's a pound sign, which never had any meaning. Mm-hmm. Pound sign. Yeah. Like, why is it a pound what sign? What is a pound sign? Like whatever that was tic tac toe. Eighty five years ago means yeah. nothing to me, but that's what I was told, so that's just what I went with. Hashtag was super annoying because it was a trendy thing. It was, yeah. It was branded. It was a millennial and thing. And they sold us on it. And we're millennials, but it's still bothersome. Because the <laughs> because the corporate overlords decided that we would call it a hashtag from now on, and they manipulated us into doing it because Instagram was so much fun. You and know, now, you're right. Now I think, well, yeah, but it it was a pretty good repurposing of the pound sign, mm-hmm. which was completely worthless. It was the most, it was the most in good shape still key on your keyboard. It was like didn't have any finger oils on it because you never used it. It was. <laughs> Hang that on, one. I'm looking at my keyboard to see if that's actually the case. It was that one in the semicolon. Nope, three. The number three I use. Uh, <laughs> although I will say, I don't use the top row of. Of numbers, I have to have a number pad, so like I have oh, one that plugs are, in. Those are sweet. Oh, they're, I can't do without them. You really them. get your groove thing on. Uh, I've mastered the ten key, guys. It's something I really pride myself on as a lower decker. Funny, as you said <laughs> that, I was thinking it's kind of amazing she's not a trekkie because she's such a nerd. <laughs> like, what a nerdy thing to say, and I don't even know what she's talking about. <laughs> uh, and I'm actually a nerd. Yeah, 
You think you are. I don't think you are. I think you've evolved from it and you just have this trekky thing that you maybe, don't know what to do with. Maybe. It doesn't really fit into the rest of your life. I know life. exactly <laughs> what to do with. And at any point in time, I'm still a 10-year-old who wants to put my uniform on. Do you have one? No, I don't have one. <laughs> Yet? A 10-year-old? No, I don't have one anymore. Oh. They never looked realistic enough yeah no they do look kind of cheesy on most people um you really have to go and spend the money if you're going to do it i think yeah and if i was really going to spend the money i would get the red one from the original series movies which were incredible <laughs> <laughs> and totally impractical and my parents would never spend more than 50 dollars on, on a starfleet uniform for it well, when the uh, world is not shut down anymore, you have this amazing excuse called Comic-Con, and it is the most amazing thing ever. I go just to dress up. Well, like, mostly to dress up. Other parts are to, like, look at books, because <laughs> I have amazing books, and uh, going to the panels, you know, where you, they nerd out. It's pretty good stuff. Yeah. But you go to dress up. Yeah. And the food trucks. Dress up. And I think I'm not that into dress up, because I had to make peace with the fact that if I... <sighs> dressed up i would be wearing a star trek uniform all the time oh it's and better it than a bright yellow tuxedo I... <laughs> which how did you not make it a yellow trekkie shoot suit like that's kind of a missed opportunity because yellow's not a color in star trek that is, is a it not i thought data has a yellow uniform no, it's gold it's oh oh my bad that sorry operations gold very obviously different <sighs> i mean one's gold and one's bright yellow Okay, but it wasn't like a metallic gold, so it is a shade of well, yellow. Well, <laughs> you hadn't seen it in high def yet. Oh, you're right. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> did they make it? Did they remaster next year oh, to make it high so def? Oh, so much. They did such a fine job. They. Of course I asked. They recut. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're really a nerd. Uh, they recut. Prove it. <laughs> the whole series, like from the original film Re-cutted? negatives. Oh. Yeah. They went back to the raw film because it was shot on film they know how to deal to with that they have the equipment now <laughs> and edited in video interesting uh and then they had to go back to the original stuff get all the exact t- same time signatures and stuff and re-edit the episodes together so mm. that they could produce it from the film so they so now when you watch star trek the next generation it's never looked better hmm. except you can kind of see some of the prosthetics now yeah I'm glad that they mostly made it better because when they um, tried to, they, what do you call it? Like they remastered Buffy for digital. Oh. They changed the aspect ratio. So you have like boom mics in the shot and like the lighting was totally off. Oh, yeah. It was like significantly worse. So like warnings went out. People gave out like PSAs. Hey, if you can get your hands on the DVDs, this is shit. I'm surprised they made that choice because I watched a... Uh, special features of making the high def, the uh, recutting of the the next generation. Yeah. And they said, somebody said, well, could you make it, could you change the aspect ratio so it mm-hmm. feels modern and cinematic? And they said, we tried, we looked at doing it, but they always knew it was going to be shot for television, mm-hmm. so it was square. So if yeah. you pulled it out any more than that to get it to kind of its true aspect mm-hmm. ratio, you'd see the C-stands, you'd exactly. see the mics. It was the same deal. But they made the choice to not do, not do that. Yeah, It's kind of like whoever did it for Buffy just like had something automatically do it, and they're like, ah, fuck it, we don't want to go back. 
But yeah, so Netflix had that one. And so for the longest time, I was checking out pawn shops to see if I could, you know, because I don't want to spend money on Buffy. The, the version that was the only version you could find? Netflix? The ver- with the aspect ratio. Oh, yeah, because it was remastered for digital. And so if you had the DVD. So what? Wasn't... Still cut the edges off. Yeah, I don't know, man. Throw the ass end of the bread away. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like it'd be that hard to go through, but I don't know. I don't do that for my yeah, I don't line know things. of work. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm getting so cocky about. What do I know? <laughs> it is it is upsetting though, for sure. Um, I don't super notice it. Like so, now it's on Hulu instead of Netflix. Maybe it's a different version. I don't haven't. I don't notice that anymore. Like I've seen it through before. It was that way, I guess. So it was never an issue for me. Weird. Yeah, that's bizarre. But yeah. you know what's kind of fun about it? I I feel like. Buffy, which was a major show. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. was talking about it back in the day. Um, I'm old enough to say back in the day and have nobody question me for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new thing. So <laughs> back in the day. Uh, and yet, it. I don't feel like Buffy's ever kind of lost its cult favorite appeal. Yeah. It's a pretty culty show, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they're rebooting it like there's going to be a new Buffy Ooh, they've been talking about it forever it doesn't have any of the original casts as far as I know like Controversial. it's yeah I'm dying to know what they're gonna do with it so um anyway you were saying it's a cult following the it seems the aspect ratio seeing the boom mics and the mm-hmm. c-stands thing is oddly culty mm-hmm. in a way that no 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 it oddly benefits kind of culty nature of it it's like oh and as if it wasn't as if it didn't have these weird culty things enough about yeah. it now we have this one with this super weird aspect ratio, and it's like it's very meta in a way it's yeah. like oh <laughs> we're filming a show mm-hmm. and we're openly filming a show and yet it's still a complete show i don't know somehow for me Buffy, the way I see Buffy, that totally works for me. Yeah. It does have some campier. I mean, it's 90s television, so yeah. it has some campier elements. And so, like, I don't know. I I don't really notice it. I don't really look for it either. Like, I've rewatched episodes just for background, you know, because it's my go-to comfort show. Like, if I'm having a shit day or I'm bored or there's literally nothing else on, um, I say, like, the, there are things on. There's nothing else that draws my attention. There aren't yeah. things on anymore. Um if nothing else pulls my attention, I'll go back to it. And I just, I don't notice those things very much, but. So it, maybe it's not like in it, every shot. It's not. Yeah. But when I rewatch it's it, it's Hulu. So now I'm like, okay, I know for sure they had the weird version on Netflix. On Netflix. Okay. Mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah. I'll have to do my research on that one. Buffy though. Good shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Can I list another Whedon show? Is there, is there, how do I fit more in? <laughs> Dollhouse. <Should I> just, <laughs> Dollhouse is amazing though. I didn't see it. It just, so underrated. It just still felt cheesy when TV was starting yeah. to feel cinematic. That's fair. I don't, in my experience, mm-hmm. that's not the right word. Who cares? Let me move on. Um, my ultimate problem with Joss Whedon is that he never felt like he grew up from 90s television. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like it always feels campy and kind of old school so you like something more dramatic and he's a bit more amusing than that buffy was like cutting edge at the Mm -hmm. time buffy was a big oh yeah it was one of those like cultural monoliths that you just sort of couldn't avoid Mm -hmm. and 
it's not that everybody was watching it, but everybody who talked about it, everybody was aware of it. Oh, yeah. And I think it looked like, I mean, it had that angsty teen thing to it in a, in a horror setting that... Before uh, that was really a thing. That, was, <laughs> that created mm-hmm. the subgenre. Yeah. And it deserves a lot of credit for its accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Nothing I've seen him do since then has felt edgy to me in the way that that did. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that was, it was just so big. Like how can, you know, yeah. to have something as trendsetting or like is moving mm. at, at a time like this, there's all right. Yeah. He might've jumped at the shark. <laughs> he became incredibly well known at a young age, yeah. really early on and set a high standard for himself. Mm-hmm, absolutely. But you know, but uh, he Whedon's, did fine. Whedon's name being on anything at least gives me like, okay, well it's worth giving at least a chance. Not to say I'll necessarily like it, but I haven't disliked anything of his yet. So, Have you seen Alien Resurrection? You know how I feel about the Alien movies. Uh, you don't know anything about the Alien movies. There you go. <laughs> 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 no, they didn't catch my interest at the time. So they're probably worth a rewatch, maybe. I don't know. They're old TV, old movies at this point. So who knows if they'll like, keep my attention. You saw the first one and we talked through it. Because that's what we, we do. And, uh, <laughs> well, and we're just talkative people. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's um, really hard not to talk through our entire episode while we're watching it each week. Like, I know this already. It's like, okay, now we need to shut up and watch TV, okay? 45 okay. minutes later. I have a date with Walmart at midnight. <laughs> what time is it? Are you ready for your 1041. Date My date with Walmart. We're doing Winko. Walmart's terrible. Well, if you can avoid it, you should. They tell you which way that you can go. We have a huge international audience that listens <laughs> to this podcast. Walmart. It's fine. <laughs> they don't even get a name drop. I'm sorry. We have a huge international audience. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everybody knows the name Walmart. Winco's sure. kind of regional. Yeah, it is actually very specifically. The letters represent states. The letters of Winco. Yeah, you I know, know this, but tell the audience. Oh, so like what? <laughs> w is Washington, I, I is Wyoming. Idaho. Is it Washington? I thought it was Washington. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, maybe I am. It's One definitely of us not is wrong. Wisconsin, but shit, I forgot all about Wisconsin. <laughs> it's Wisconsin. See, definitely and Nevada. C is presumably California. Yeah. And then, oh, Oregon. Yeah, which makes me think it has to be Washington because, you know, everything around Washington would be, you know. Part Pacific of the group. Northwest. Yeah, exactly. So Winco. Winco. There you go. It stands for something. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be their slogan. I know. Winco. I was just saying that. <laughs> it stands for something. <laughs> Winco, if you want me to do your branding, hit me up, man. <laughs> Winco, Wyoming, Ohio for the I. <laughs> Iowa. Idaho, Hawaii. Idaho probably <laughs> would be my guess. I don't know why I'm thinking Idaho over Iowa. It could Idaho, be either I- probably. Idaho, <laughs> <laughs> uh. <sighs> yeah, so um, with that said, we will be watching what Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai <gasps> next week. <laughs> oh, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting. Us. Cool. Well, you know, do your homework and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. This is is Pilots. Pilots.